And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, October 23rd. This victory Monday for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they come off their 24-17 win over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Pittsburgh 4-2 on the season. As always, Dave Bryan and myself here for the next hour to answer whatever is on your mind. Dave, how you doing? Thanks for being here today. I tell you, busy Monday, right? Uh a lot of lot of lot of stuff to write about. Uh, a lot of obviously analysis coming in from across the web, and all 22 dropping several hours ago. And after a short night of sleep, back at it again today, and looking forward to talking to the folks tonight in the chat. That is for sure. So just a reminder, if you're new here, Dave and I are here until 8 p.m. Eastern time. So for the next hour, we'll try to answer as many Steelers questions as we can over that time. If you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered by Dave and myself, you can send us a super chat and you'll go to the front of the line, be the next question that we answer. Of course, no obligation to do so, but we do appreciate them. And that is a way to ensure your question is heard. All right, Dave, let's jump right into the questions because I imagine we have a lot. And just before we do that, if you guys could like the stream, would really appreciate that. Bring more Steelers fans into the chat. But with that said, we'll start off with Lumberzack94, who's got a lot of commentary here. I'll just try to find the actual question. Um, as tired as it might be, my thought turns to Munchak as a potential OC candidate from what I've seen. Mostly everyone is talking about him as an O-line coach, but I'm pretty sure he's had bigger roles before. Would you guys go for something like that? Again, all tired looking to the future kind of stuff after a big win, but it's top of mind for me to try to fix this offense. Sorry for the book. Nope, no apologies needed. I don't know if Munchak, has he ever been, is he a head coach for Tennessee? No, I, yeah, yeah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he What's was a head Tennessee? coach. Uh... I mean, we, you know, it's it's easy to say that that he could potentially be a candidate, but what would he want to at this stage, you know, stage of his life? How old is Munchak now? It's a good question. Probably early sixties, late fifties. I mean, he's expressed a desire to get back into coaching. I don't know if he would want a more he's prominent 63. role. Sixty-three. Okay, so to me, he's probably just going to be an O-line coach. And as Lumberzak kind of alluded to, coming off the win, I'm not. We'll talk about future OC candidates. I, I assume there's going to be a time to do that right now. I just don't have a lot of information because I don't spend much time on that kind of stuff. Yeah, me either right now. I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to be a name on 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 the lips of several Steelers fans because of his history uh, and and link back to the area and 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 obviously like that. I mean, it's, it's just it's it's way too early to kind of even even speculate about that stuff. I can't remember the last report that there was on him about him wanting to, when did that surface about him wanting to get back into coaching well, and, and he's still out in Colorado, isn't he? Or last, last he was? I knew, I think he did some consulting with the Vikings. I don't know exactly where he resides now. I mean, obviously it was in Denver when he was there to be closer to family. I mean, there was no report. It just, he does that yearly golf tour or golf event in Pittsburgh and jumps on one of the radio stations. And I believe expressed a desire to, you know, he was not closing the door on coaching. There was some some mm -hmm. thought to get back to that. So I doubt he'll be in the OC mix, though. If they were to move on from O-line coach Pat Meyer, that's where Munchak could potentially slot in. All right, Brian Jonker says, Did you notice that many times the ball was snapped with 10 to 15 seconds still on the clock? Does this settle uh, technique to keep the defense off balance? Uh, was it intentional? 
I don't know if it's intentional or not. Um, you know, oftentimes late in game, you're trying to kill some clock to let that play clock wind down. But the trade-off can be you may allow the defense to get a better jump on things and anticipate the snap count a little bit more. So I don't know if there was really any intentionality to that or not. Yeah, and I haven't paid, I got to admit, you know, trying to cram in a couple of uh, watches of, of the TV tape and fly through it last night and then jumping in the All-22, I, I haven't paid a lot of attention uh, to how far they were running the clock down. Maybe on the next TV tape through, uh, which I'm probably not going to get to that until late Tuesday, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I think everything that Alex said there, but, uh, it's also something we, we don't really, I mean, we track the time, you know, the time of plays obviously in charting, but we don't, we don't track how far down, uh, they, uh, they take the play clock and all. So we don't have anything to compare it to either. Right. And the bottom line is they ran their four minute offense or five and a half minute offense to bleed the clock. Rams never got the ball back. And that was a really big accomplishment. Oh, oh, was he talking about just late in game or was he talking about the entire game? You know, I'm not really sure. My thought was he was referencing later in the game, but he may have been. Brian was talking about throughout. Um, That was just my interpretation of the question. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Brian's also talking about Montrevious Adams had a very effective game. Dave, you talked about that today. His first step his burst. He's been explosive and that's been valuable and the dan moore pull on the warren touchdown did more pull on the warren touchdown i don't know if he did or not i could be misremembering that i don't remember i know if that you if you wouldn't wouldn't have asked me i've been able to tell you <laughs> i know that daniels and say malu got to the second level that might have been a wham play i've yet to go back on the all 22 of that it might have been kind of a slight variation of their wham crunch just with the way that the guards got up there so quickly i need to go back and watch that um, but I just want to you know, note that they were still leaning on some of those concepts. All right. Mont- Montravius uh, graded out at uh, 61.5, according to PFF, if you like that. If you don't, just ignore it. Uh, most of his issues, his, his better grades were in, obviously, pass rush, which is something I noted on the podcast this morning. Very explosive uh, uh, off the snap uh, on the All-22 on that, oh, on TV tape as well, too. That's what kind of caught my attention. Uh, run defense, though, at times he, he still gets pushed around. Uh, a little bit overall, and that—that's the thing that's 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 probably going to kill him there. And but he did have what three stops in the game? Had what four total tackles? There's a couple instances of him of uh, holding and shedding at the line and and, and making a play. Uh, it felt like he played better than the 61.5 grade that uh, PFF uh, gave him. But uh, you know, once again, he's to me, you know, is he a guy that would you know? start you know be a prime starter across the league at this point probably not but i mean i think you could it'd be interesting to see what happens when 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 cam hayward comes back and see what kind of rotations they uh they use and all like that i he has played a better than i thought he would play so far this season i'll put it that way he looks like the 2021 version of Adams whenever he got to Pittsburgh off the, what was it, the Saints practice squad and played well. Last year felt like a step back or not really a progression for you would think a guy that was in your system for the whole year would take, but this year kind of feels like what he initially looked like when he came to Pittsburgh. Nick Gooden with a generous $10 super chat says, I suffered the same preseason to regular season letdown as Dave. Really thought this team was dead out of the gate. But with everything we have seen now, what's Yin's high-level outlook on the rest of the year? <laughs> Dave, what are your, what, what's your high-level outlook? 
I am trying not to look past uh, these next, what, four games until the Thanksgiving break. Because, obviously, I mean, you look around the league and these injuries and how they can impact teams. Look at the Steelers themselves with the injuries that they've had to deal with uh, this year. But I, if you look at this thing, well, first and foremost, they're 4-2. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if uh, what did we talk? Didn't we talk about after? Uh, did we have a live stream that Monday after that first game and said, you know, I wonder what this thing's going to look like after the buy or, or seem like we had that conversation with these people in the chat and all like that. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll mm -hmm. see what the, you know, it changes. You know, if, if I would have guaranteed everybody, uh, and I can't remember exactly how that conversation went in the chat, but, uh, if I would have guaranteed everybody coming out of that 30 to seven, uh, loss to the 49ers, that this team would be four and two with six games played. It, and I and, and I don't get to tell you what it looked like, but uh, just tell you that to be four and two. Everybody in this chat probably said, "I'll take it, no questions asked." And I think that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Now, look, has it been pretty? No, absolutely not. In fact, I mean, you know, uh, offensively they started to come out of their shell. Obviously, you know, obviously in that second half against the Rams, so that's a positive to build on. But uh, where I'm going with this is uh, let. You know, let's let's take it four more games kind of at a time. Got a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's probably not as good as I thought they would be heading into the season. Now they are coming. They'll, they'll be well rested having played on Thursday night. You got a Tennessee Titans uh, team that certainly is not playing too terribly well and just sold off Kevin Byard. Uh, and I and also, you know, they it, it, that doesn't seem too daunting. Uh Green Bay doesn't seem that formable. Right. And then you get uh, uh, game number two against the uh, the Browns. And obviously the Browns have a great defense. There's questions about uh, their offense and Deshaun Watson. Uh, could they could could they realistically go three and one in these next four games if their offense plays anywhere near the, the way they played uh, in the second half of the game against the Rams. And I think the answer to that's yes. Uh, sure. And, and even if they go two and two in these next four games, and, and obviously we know how, how important the, the AFC North game is against the Browns. Uh, it feels like that's one, that, another one that you better have there, but if they go two and two, one of those wins against the Browns, uh, you're what six and four. Uh, with a not overly daunting schedule remaining. So, you know, once again, it, we'll see how injuries shape this thing and all like that. But I mean, the fact that they're four and two right now to me is, is, has, feels pretty incredible based mm -hmm. on what, what we've seen. And as Alex and I talked about on the podcast this morning, if you, if you guys and, and, and gals caught it, uh, what dating back to their bye week. Uh, last year in week nine, this team is 11 and four. It, do, it, do, it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't feel, feel like, like it, it at all. It does not feel like it feels very smoke and mirrors and a lot of, a lot more smoke. And, but I mean, what does that say? And they, they obviously, you know, could stand to play a lot better on both sides of football. And yet they are four and two, despite those things very much being true. So for my high-level high outlook, I don't know. As the post-preseason prove, those predictions don't matter. So much can and will change when injury can throw a wrench into this whole thing. 
my only thought is that this team is certainly capable of making the playoffs, which was my thought before the year began. I picked them to go 10-7, and seven, make the wild card uh, round, so I'm, I'm basically still where I was at before, not expecting the season to go exactly how it's gone, but all, all I can say is that this, this team can, can make the playoffs, and if they take care of business in the North, they can be right there until the end for that Week 18 game against Baltimore, trying to push for first place and take that divisional crown. All right, next question comes from our friend Mike Adesso, who says, Great win yesterday. I think it's never been more clear this offense needs Deontay to have any success, right? Love Pickens and his chemistry with Kenny, but DJ just makes everything run better. I, I think that last phrase is really on the money, Mike. Uh, DJ just makes everything run better in terms of some of the, the yaks, some of the quick wins, some of the attention off of Pickens. So... Yeah, I think very much, as is typical for almost any team, one of their, their their top receivers, their best and most complete receiver, when he's out there, everything just kind of works a bit bit smoother. Yeah, look, and you know, we don't know exactly. Uh, obviously, he was healthy enough to practice this past week, but had to miss the uh, uh, the previous amount of time. And yeah, you know, some level of chemistry uh, already had, and uh, with, with Kenny is not not going away. But uh, what does this mean for him? You know, assuming he could stay healthy now, you would expect them to really get more, more, even more in sync uh, at, at this point. But that third quarter, I mean, that third down, uh, that late third down catch and run. I mean, how key was that? It was a great route by Deontay and Kenny really threaded that thing into him. And, and, and Deontay did the rest after that. And, you know, the fact that uh, 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 his mere presence alone, what that, you know, takes, takes a lot of the pressure off George Pickens and, Man, if you can keep those guys healthy and 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 get a little bit, you know, more uh, any production out of your tight end position at this point, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and then your your occasional two or three targets maybe to to Allen Robinson and maybe you can carve out, you know, uh, something for 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 Austin. I mean, just all the way he he hit on it. You know, the the uh, his presence alone really impacts this offense. Absolutely, ten dollars super chat from John Noah. No. Hopefully I'm pronouncing one of those uh, attempts correctly. The Nakua sideline catch, I've uh, seen contradictory opinions about how it should have been called. Some say toe tap, but others say no because rest of the foot actually landed out of bounds. Thoughts? Dave, we discussed this on the podcast today. I think you referenced some of the things that Football Zebras, their account and website, discussed. I'm no expert here. To me, that was a catch. It's it's a, it's a, the, the toe down, but some people have said about the heel has to be down too. Ref's got a good look at it. The play stood. That's all I can talk about. Yeah, once they showed that first shot uh, of 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 uh, the you know the, the the feet in or the toes in, I didn't have any doubt. It's just all the kind of uh, and and you know we we talk about what football zebra and all said. I I haven't you know I haven't gone back had time to go back and check the actual. I mean I trust a lot of what football zebra says. Could could he be wrong in that situation? I mean they did review the play though. You know, right. and I think even Dean Blandino uh, 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 confirmed, and you know that, that's a guy, and that's the guy that used to be over uh, officiating in the NFL there. So uh, I have, there has been nothing other than what Football Zebra wrote uh, that leads me to believe that that wasn't called correctly. Yeah, I'm with you. That's all I can can take away from that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll happily accept that. But 
that's just all I can go off of is the ref's got every chance to look at that thing. I mean, are you really going to punish a guy for, for, for falling forwards or falling backwards? You know, the right. you know, toes, toes are a toes. That was, know? yeah, two feet in, you know, the toes in. Again, I, I said on the podcast, how many toe drags did AB have in his career? I think Cooper Cup had one earlier in that, that third and right. 11, you know, dra- was able to, to drag the toe in. So I don't know. But my thought that was that was a clean catch and a great catch by Nakua. Uh-huh. A fellow Alex has to say, actually, hold on, let me uh, get to somebody else here that was uh, higher up, and then I'll get to, to a fellow Alex. But Matt Bell says, hi, Alex and Dave. Dave often says it takes about 20 games to know what you have in a quarterback outside of Purdy. How would you rank from best to worst? Willis, Pickett, Howell, Ritter, and Corral so far. So that's that uh, 2022 class, Sans Purdy, the names that were talked about the most going into that draft, Dave. What would be your rough ranking, best to worst? I mean, Purdy, Purdy looks damn good. Now you can have a conversation. Is it the offense? You know, the chicken and the egg thing. But what he's asked to do, he's doing it absolutely phenomenal. Now, yeah. did he uh, uh, have some issues against the Browns that in that last game? Well, yeah, he did. But he was also uh, his eligibles got banged up, and I think he might be. I don't know what's 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 Debo Samuel tonight. Uh, uh, is he out? Is, is I think he he's out. out. Oh, he's out. He's out maybe for a week uh, yeah. or two. Um, he's saying, though, outside of Purdy. Who, how oh, would you okay. rank the rest I, of that group? I, uh, well, I mean, Corral has hardly played. He's right? out of the league right now. He, can't, I think yeah. he almost retired, or there was a, a left right. thing with the Patriots. So you can put him comfortably last. I was a big Corral fan, so I'm going to eat, eat Crow on that one. Uh, Ritter, what Ritter seems hot and cold. Uh, I would, I would at this point rank Kenny, you know, obviously ahead of Ritter. Uh, who else is in that class? Uh, you got Howell and Malik, uh, Oh, Malik. Yeah. Malik, Malik, Malik might not even, you know, Malik was a potential guy, uh, that you thought, okay, uh, enough seasoning and all like that. You know, maybe Malik, maybe Malik's upside. You thought maybe he had a higher ceiling if he could ever, uh, reach it. But so far, I mean, he, he looks lost right now. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely have, have, have him, I've had Kenny way ahead. I think we're seeing now why Willis went mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as late as he did. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, then Sam Howell is, is the one that you haven't ranked yet. I, I tell you the thing that sticks out about, about Sam Howell, man, and, and really this this stood out on his college tape. That guy is not afraid to stand in the pocket. Uh, it's almost the it's almost a uh, uh, it is the exact opposite of uh, of Kenny. Sometimes you wish uh, I think you wish Howell get the hell out of there, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, it's almost a detriment. I, I think at this point, sometimes with it. Now, look, I, I, I haven't sat there and watched every game, you know, but uh, uh, what little bit I've seen on him and, 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 and the clips like that, uh, he, he does have a good deep ball. And I, I think we knew that about him coming out of, of, of college. He's a very, you know, he's not afraid to take off with a football, kind of a physical guy, just that build on him on, on top of it. But I mean, I, I don't see how you don't look at all those guys right now at this point. And, and not say that Kenny is still the top out, out of all of them. If you take Purdy out of the equation, out and, of Purdy, yeah, yeah, and, yeah leave and, Purdy out, and save that whole debate because it's almost a on a smaller scale, a Garrett Watt thing. Forty Nine ers say Purdy, Steeler fans might say Pickett. Talk about the scheme and what that allows Purdy to do. But putting that aside, I think I would go. I just look at the names here, so I, I get them all in order. 
Uh, I watch so much tape of those guys, and I have trouble even naming them back all <laughs> off to you uh, uh, now. Uh, I would go Pickett, Ritter, Howell, Willis, and then Corral. Howell's on pace to be sacked 97 yeah. times this season. So it, 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 in some ways, it's hard to evaluate the guy because he's getting crushed so much. But Ritter has shown just enough, especially the last two or three weeks. There's some high-level plays he's capable of making if he pulls the trigger. Um, so I think that's how I would rank. I think that's how most people would probably rank it at this point. I think, uh, when you try to learn from your mistakes, when scouting all this, uh, corral, I mean, look, we knew he was mostly an RPO guy, you know, uh, that I felt pretty, pretty decent about where I was and where I am now, obviously on, on him. Now I didn't think he'd be maybe out of, out of, you know, looking for a job right now. I could see him maybe as a third string quarterback, but uh, Malik is going to be the one I think we learn the most from maybe uh, when it comes to that class. And from the fact that he was, it was so mesmerizing what he could do out of structure, but not, not paying enough attention to maybe what he could do in structure, sure. you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, in the NFL, everybody can chase you. A lot of people can chase you down, uh, and you can't make some of those plays out of structure that you play that you made uh, in college uh, out of structure. It looks like he's just kind of. It really looks like he's overwhelmed right now. Who's that? Uh, Willis. Willis. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been better this year in some of that limited action as compared to his rookie year when he had to, to play and start and it was a disaster, which we, we knew he was not ready to play year one. And so the results to me were not surprising, but yeah, th- there's a, a lot of work to be done for him to ever have a chance in the NFL. All right, let's go back to the questions here from uh, more of a comment from double H H. Thank God for NFL plus I'm in London visiting one of my kids since it's their uh, how term break was worried. I wouldn't be able to see the game since it was a 9 PM start in London Almost fell off my kitchen chair when I saw TJ grab the interception and sprint down. Yeah, I broke that down this morning for the site. Matthew Stafford, probably just as surprised as you were, Double HH, because he never saw TJ Watt. I think he said as much in his post-game presser, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, you, you can watch the replay. It takes him like five seconds to realize that, you know, Watt has that ball after he picked it off. And so, great play there from TJ Watt. Uh, Mike Odessa, what was the biggest reason the Steelers couldn't stop the Rams' inside pass rush early on, and did they do anything specifically to adjust, or did the Rams just stop blitzing? I, I haven't gone through the uh, second half to see the adjustments, but Pittsburgh, their pass pro schemes against that five down front, the Rams' running was really rough. I mean, I don't know what they were doing half the time. Some of it was trying to slide and get four hands on Aaron Donald, but sometimes still they were sliding away and putting Warren in some really uncomfortable situations on outside linebackers and even a D-tackle one time. So I think Pittsburgh just struggled conceptually in terms of their protection against those five down Rams fronts. Yeah, Mike Tomlin talked, uh, you know, we mentioned that on a podcast this morning, saying that uh, they were a bit surprised with some of those pressure looks that they were getting. They seemed to do a better job against that in the second half. They plus, they were, plus, you know, they uh, – I mean, they, they ran the ball okay in spurts in that game, but uh, they, they just seem to adjust adjust to the pressure a little bit better, those right. pressure looks. And I'll have to see if the Rams are still running that five-down stuff later in the game or if they got away from that for whatever reason. If they did, that would be one reason why, but it's something on my list to, to try to, to look through. All right, fellow Alex says, Hey, guys, I have tickets to the Thursday game against the Patriots. My question is... 
do you think that game could be flexed to Sunday considering how bad the Pats are this year? I, I don't follow the flex rules too much, uh, as you can probably tell. I, there's probably a chance that that would occur, but I think the NFL said it would take a lot to flex a Thursday game. So probably not, but I suppose that chance does, uh, does yeah. exist. I don't know the odds on, on all of it and all like that. And quite honestly, I think they'd be, I think Amazon be stupid to try to get it, you know, cause, cause the viewership, uh, uh, when it comes to the Steelers, uh, regardless of, of, of who they play would be great. I would think they would want to get as many eyes right. on that as, as possible. Now, is that a, is that a Amazon decision? Is it a league decision? I, I don't even know, uh, completely the, the answer on that, but, uh, uh, stay tuned, I guess. I mean, uh, looked, I mean, the, the Patriots beat, beat the bills yesterday, didn't they? Right. You know, so, uh, you got the old, any, any, any given Sunday, or in this case, any, any given Thursday thing here. I wouldn't think they would, but I don't know. Same. I'm all for it though. I, I will, uh, avoid the Thursday game there. I think the rule should be, you can't have two Thursday games on the same side of your bye. I think if you're going to have two, the NFL allowing that, passing that rule this year, it has to be one before your bye, one after your bye. To have two Thursday games post-bye like that, I think that's excessive. But I'll just scream into the void on that because I don't think the NFL cares what I have to say. Uh, Kevin in Albuquerque says, uh, hit that thumbs up, everyone. Yeah, if you guys could like the stream, would really appreciate that. Thank you to the 87 people who are here right now. Tim Chase says, when is Cam coming back? Don't know for sure. Around Thanksgiving, I believe Jerry Dulac speculating the uh, Packers game, I want to say, on November 12th. And so I would say in about three to four weeks can be the time that Cam Hayward is expected to return. Yeah, we just uh, we'll have to. What in a report? Last, was that Dulac last week that said he could return? Who who had to report? I think it was spec- Dulac said the Packers game. Okay, all right. Well, keep your fingers crossed for that. They sure could use uh, a refreshed mm-hmm. and healthy Cam Hayward back up front for sure. Brian Tolini says, "Do you see them trying to get Darnell more involved in the pass game this year? Not substantially. They really not made an attempt to do so this year. I think with more red zone opportunities, finally got a substantial number for the first time really all season besides week one against the Rams. That's kind of going to be his calling card to catch the ball. Uh, But I don't think it's really a big focus for this team right now. Yeah, and and Alex and I talked a little bit about this uh, that this morning. How can they get the more the, the tight ends involved more with Pat Fryermuth out? And you know, if you go back to the Georgia tape with him, and he he criminally well, they had Brock Bowers over there uh, uh, for one thing, and uh, the second thing is, I mean, uh, he can be used inside. I mean, you got a guy with uh, with 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 that height and and catch radius and all like that. That's one area that, that they obviously should uh, explore maybe using him in the passing game outside of that. Uh, as we talked about this morning, you know, they did a lot of those kind of uh, uh, block and release kind of flare outs with him at, at, at Georgia too, and kind of, you know, maybe some misdirection stuff and get the, get the ball out to him quickly. Uh, you know, one, two yards past the line of scrimmage and, and, uh, put the fear of God in somebody to have to come up <laughs> and, 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 and get him on the move. Uh, uh, he's a, he's, he's a bit of a lumber as a route runner down the field and not super twitchy when it comes to that. Now it doesn't mean that you can't do something with him in that, but I wouldn't look for a lot of it. I mean, we saw the, the, the target against, uh, uh, Baltimore, you know, kind of settling there, uh, in, 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 in the zone. And that was broken up there. So, I mean, you, you <laughs> 
I'm not expecting until Pat Fryermuth comes back for them to really utilize the tight ends very much in 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 the passing game. And Connor Connor Hayward's obviously got good hands, but uh, nothing right now. It doesn't feel like anything going up the seam is working uh, with him. So it might be more more on the edges and and like like we saw in that play of him reversing gears down in 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 the red zone, that kind of stuff. There, I mean, he's got great hands, but I, I'm I'm really not expecting them to u- utilize the tight ends much in the passing game until Pat comes back. I'm with you, although you think at some point they're going to try to call one play for Washington where just because he's only got one target the entire season, defense forgets about him. He's kind of viewed as that six offensive lineman blocker. That's what he was at Georgia. It's what he's been in Pittsburgh. I think once they're going to throw a play action seam ball, as you said, or a leak or something just to try to catch a defense off guard. I think it's going to happen at least one time. Right. All right, let's see. Next question and a comment before that from Terry Brownford, who says, cool, I get to catch the live stream. So Terry is here. We thank you for that. And speaking of which, Terry Bradshaw uh, praising Kenny Pickett earlier today. Mark Leslie with an interesting question. Are we a bad team overperforming or a good team underperforming? (laughs) That is a good good way to look (laughs) at it. I don't I I don't think I don't know if I would say they're a good team underperforming. Um, You know, health has been an element. I think they're just kind of a gritty team that knows how to win close and win late. That's been their MO really since Mike Tomlin took over. And I've mentioned time and time again the stats about how good they are in one possession games. It's 61% win percentage in those games over the tenure of Tomlin's career. So Pittsburgh, that's just kind of their, their motto. It's close, it's ugly, but they win in the end. That's kind of their personality. Like Chris Long said, and I said on the they're a rock throwing team. That's that's how you'd be best describe. They're 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 a rock throwing team that you better not let hang around uh, in games. Uh, yep. You better you better you better jump on the Steelers quick and 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 put them behind. Uh, if you let them hang around, like we've seen happen these last couple of games. Uh, you get what you get, especially as long as you're able to roll a guy like T.J. Watt uh, out there, where one one single play that he makes can really turn uh, the the uh, the tide of the game uh, with that. So uh, I look they the fact that they're four and two they're four and two that's what the record says they are. But it it it, it feels a bit surprising that they are that, but it is a result of them hanging around in some of these games. And I think they all I I think this team you know, uh, buys into Mike Tomlin of the whole don't mm-hmm. blink and, uh, be gritty and one play at a time and, 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 and that kind of thing. And I, I think he has them believing that if the game is close and they can get it into that fourth quarter, that, that they can win it because of, uh, having guys like TJ and all. So, uh, state, state to, you know, look, you, you hope that this offense can build a little bit more off of what they showed you in the second half of the game. If they can do that, if they can fix some of these, you know, I, I don't think the cornerback system, even if you get Joey Porter Jr. on the field, a hundred percent of the snaps, I think you're still going to be weak overall at the corner position, but can you shore up that run game a little bit and get, 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 get opposing offenses in more predictable second and long and third and long situations. And can you start tackling these catches a little bit better to make, make a difference to get off the field in some of these situations that that's where the difference is going to come along with maybe the offense taking another baby step forward here in the next couple of weeks. Sure. Good points. Mike Odessa saying the Steelers are dressing up as a good team this Halloween season. That's a fair way to talk about them. 
$5 super chat from Tim Chase, who says, Why has Austin disappeared recently? Well, with Deontay Johnson's return, only seven snaps against the Rams. I was really surprised when you read that stat off today on the podcast. I thought there'd be, you knew there'd be a reduction in snaps, but to that degree surprised me. But when you're that vertical guy, you're kind of feast famine, a little bit like Pickens last year, just in the sense of some big games, some big plays, some quiet ones overall. So with that, coupled with Johnson returning, the team liking Allen Robinson, try to get the run game going, a guy that can has some size, can block, those would be the reasons why Austin was not really heard from in this game. Yeah, and assuming everybody stays healthy, though, what is you know, a kind of a max amount of snap, uh, uh, snap count for him, let's say on a, on, on a 60 snap game? You know, 20? Is 20 the high side? Sounds like I'm, it. I'm not. I'm not sure he'll reach that for a couple of games now. To be honest with you, it's probably a bit game plan dependent on how well you want to run the ball and how much you know you think you can do it out of eleven versus heavier packages. But yeah, it seems capped right now. It seems like Robinson is more the de facto slot guy, and then Austin's you know going to be that rotational guy. Little gadgety had that one jet run for nothing yesterday, so that's going to be I think his uh, his focus right now. All right, next question comes from, if I find it here, uh, let's see, Jared saying more of a comment, but fun to see running backs, uh, or excuse me, backs running with a purpose. Kenny, seven for seven in the fourth. TJ Watts stacking legendary highlights. He's a fellow PSAC graduate of Shippensburg, seeing uh, Tyson uh, Bagnet having NFL success, solid win to build on, yeah, getting his win there for Chicago, so Kudos to him, and uh, yeah, this little PSAC action D2 uh, in the chat. Myself with Clarion getting a win over Edinburgh, and I don't know how Shippensburg did, did this week, but uh, usually they're, they're pretty strong in football. Got a couple of Super Chats just came in, so I'll read them here back-to-back. Back. Uncle BB94, a $2 Super Chat. Steelers lose one game of the next three. Pick one and why. So the next three, if you can read them off, Dave, I know you just mentioned them. Jacksonville. And Tennessee. Then, Cleveland and Green, Green, Bay? Green Bay. Okay, so Jackson- Jaguars, Jaguars pro- probably uh, and is the most formable of the bunch. Uh, the Steelers don't have a great history again uh, under Mike Tomlin uh, uh, in Pittsburgh. They they just they just don't have a great history uh, against them. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to use the let. Uh, you know, let down excuse coming out of a, a big road trip against uh, against the Rams and all like that. But this sets up as a dangerous game because the Jaguars have, have, have a long week. They were able to sit home on Sunday and watch the Steelers play and get the jump on them a little bit that way. I don't know if they practiced today. I would assume and maybe they did uh, coming off of a coming off of a mini buy like that. So they maybe have a bonus day in there. So if I forced to pick, uh, if they were to lose one game out of the next three, I think I'd pick Jacksonville. Same. It's an easy choice, but I think it's the most obvious one. The speed they have at receiver. I know Ridley was really quiet against the Saints, but he's still a big time threat. Kirk's made some huge plays for them. I was watching their tape uh, over the weekend, Dave. Evan Ingram does not get talked about at tight end. He's a really fun weapon for them. He's going to line up in the backfield. He's going to line up as a, a split out type of dude, tight end. They're going to do a lot with him, so he's going to be a matchup for for the Steelers linebackers. And then ETN, the speed he has at running back, their pass rush with Josh Allen, you know, and then given Tennessee struggles, they're selling. Uh, The Packers look a mess right now. I think the answer is pretty easy to say Tennessee. Nick Gooden with his second $10 Super Chat, so thank you so uh, so much for that, Nick. 
How would you compare this team to Ben's first couple of years? Really good defense and then live for big plays on offense minus the running game. How similar is it? Yeah, I think the big difference here is the quality of the O-line and the run game overall. Conceptually, they want to run the ball. They want to be physical. They want to create splash defensively, play with an edge. A lot of that framework is similar, but in terms of the effectiveness of the run game, you know, then to now in the O-line overall, you get, you know, Fanica and you know big big Mac Starks at right tackle to to walk against the run. You don't have that kind of line right now. Right, right. I would agree with everything you said. All right, let me scroll back up here. Another twenty minutes that Dave and I will be here, so be sure to get your questions in before uh, time runs out. We thank you guys for hanging out with us on this victory Monday. Knight Rider 16, did y'all notice Pickett starting off in shotgun and then walking under center? Is that tendency breakers or just a wrinkle? I'll have to go back and check that. It might be, you know, a check. Uh, that's an interesting point, but I have not really taken stock into that Knight Rider. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't looked uh, that, that deep into it. Big Salute says the next three games will make or break the season. That goes back to what uh, Dave was talking about. Uh, quality Coloss says, I see why Montrevious Adams wasn't cut out of camp. Great shape and burst. He at least cares about the game. His effort, I did a video on the channel for the site a while back, a couple weeks ago. His effort, um, is all out. He's a, he's a fun player to watch, you know, a little atypical as a nose tackle, but, uh, really good athlete for the position. Uh-huh. David O says, were the Steelers using motion more? I thought I saw a couple play action passes that the Steelers offense looked the same to you, or did you notice differences from before the bye week? What, what are your thoughts on David's uh, comment? Uh, other than the, the most noticeable difference was getting those guards and tackles on the move. That was one of the biggest things. Now, I did see uh, they run play action from under center. That was something else uh, very noticeable uh, in this game as well, too. Uh, what else? I mean, they it, it didn't feel like they changed a lot. Uh, they, uh, yeah, you had... You had your execution was much better. I, there wasn't there uh, going back through what little I've gone back on the offensive line on the offense uh, tape right now. Uh, you know, we talked about in that Ravens game, man. Some of those plays just looked like they were set up to fail uh, from 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 the get go. There uh, seems like they pick they they fixed a lot of that backside uh, stuff overall. Uh, long story short, it doesn't at least on on half of you know getting through half of the game on offense doesn't seem like there's you know monumental changes other than than kind of the things and we've been calling for them to pull those guards mm-hmm. for and uh for for a while there uh they were just executing better the backs had more 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 room to run uh that kind of stuff there so i i, I can't say that there was monumental changes on offense no no, there weren't. I think some some wrinkles, as you said, um, more commitment to some play action, you know, staying on schedule better on first down. That just helps things in general, open up the playbook. I thought they did pull their guards and backside tackles some dart schemes more often. I thought the zone scheme was better. Their zone track I criticized pretty routinely throughout the season, but thought against some uh, on some of those zone runs, they were more effective of, you know, securing the first level, working to the second level, just kind of working in tandem a lot better overall. And then it just kind of plays off the Ravens game, but throwing those back shoulder throws to Pickens. Did not see those at all through the first month. Right. Those were taken away. And with Deontay's return and probably just a better focus on that, more 1v1 opportunities, more single high looks. You throw those to Pickens, you're getting 20 yards a pop on those plays, and that can flip the field at the least and hopefully you know start drives for you, and that's what happened in this game. All right, next question comes from, and I, did I get a super chat in? I don't think so. Let's go back up here to try to get these chronologically. 
Uh, where were we at? That was a good question from David O'Brien says, why is Dotson playing so well for the Rams? Does our coaching suck at getting the most out of the uh, out of our players? We've talked about this, Dave. I think a, a simplified scheme, um, more gap scheme, and just kind of a better system fit is probably the key for Dotson. Yeah, not having to think as much, uh, just, just able to relax and being back over there at right guard and play a position that he's very familiar with and uh, it would be good to hear like a 20 minute interview with, with him, you know, I, you know, but you, you're not going to probably, uh, hear, hear a lot of that stuff. He just looks very relaxed and, and, and comfortable in that offense and, 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 and playing and not thinking. Yeah. A hundred percent. Sometimes a guy just needs that, that new change of scenery, different scheme, different system. And it seems to, I, I think Dotson's always been a talented player, even in Pittsburgh, he had some good moments, but just did not find that consistency with the Steelers. You know, he didn't play awful against the Steelers yesterday, but I mean, there were some notable, you know, Keanu Benton with that club and swim mm. uh, uh, with him. Uh, I think Ogan Joby got him a time or two. Uh, uh, he he wasn't awful in that game, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and you can talk about him going back to right guard, and that probably had some benefit for him as well. Should should note that. Tommy Vincent, if Herbig proves to be a starter in the NFL, what do the Steelers do with him? It's a good problem to have. It's good to have depth. It's good to have multiple pass rushers. I mean, you know, they're going to keep them. They're not. They're not unloading those guys. So uh, we'll cross that bridge and enjoy watching them work. A question from Tim Chase: Why is Wallace playing so poorly? I don't have a good answer to that. Compared to you know, Mason Cole was solid last year. Wallace solid last year. They're not the same guys this year. I, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously not a tremendous athlete, never going to be a top-end corner, maybe just with right. more time that's being exposed, but I really can't explain it, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I just think he is what he is and all. Uh, and where did he spend most of his time last season? It was more on the left side, wasn't it? You're right. That is true because Sutton was at the other side, and they flipped him because Peterson was going to play left corner this year. But, I mean, he did both at Buffalo, and I right. I don't know. Can that explain why he looks Pro- just this nah, mess? Pro- that's probably not 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 uh, no sole reason. Yeah. He just he he struggled. He has struggled for sure. Maybe just it's it's a mental position, and you have a bad rep, and you know you can stack those things, and it weighs on you. I'm not saying that's what's happening with certainty with Wallace, but you know corners getting slumped, so maybe that's something to to consider as well. And we'll see if he what he plays against Jacksonville because James Pierre got reps late in that game and that final drive over Wallace. And does that mean that'll continue going forward? I don't know, but it's it's something to watch there. Tigers fan forty two. Hey guys, as of right now, what would you say? Uh, uh, excuse me, what would you say this team's biggest need are for the next year's draft? I would say two positions: center and corner. I think Cole did look better against Durant, but still looking for a long term solution. And then you got to find somebody opposite outside corner, a Joey Porter Jr. That guy does not exist on the roster right now. I would agree, and you might want to think about an inside linebacker, maybe at some point. Uh, whew, uh, you could go, you could go down the list, but I center, center, and 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 corner would be right up there at the top of the list. Yeah, I think most people would will put it pretty highly on their lists. Uh, Javi Gonzalez says, "I just want to say I was at the games." Uh, I was at the game on Sunday, and let me say the Rams fans were so petty at the end of the game. So many people were yelling the, uh, to the Rams fans, welcome to Pittsburgh, California. Yeah, it seems like Steelers Nation really took over SoFi Stadium uh, mm-hmm. in this game, Dave, and I think made a big impact in the second half. Yeah, they said 60-40. It felt, it, just watching the TV tape, felt 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 uh, <laughs> a lot more than that higher percentage. 
Aiden Mills, can you make an article about the success rate of Matt Canada halfback tosses? I think Warren's touchdown was the only time it has worked. Uh, they've been with some success in that game. It's been certainly a mixed bag, and you don't have really the speed guys to, to do that. So it's probably not been successful overall. Why dev devote an article to it? Probably not, but maybe a little bit better than, than credits given there. You know, this year alone, or at least, you know, coming out of that uh, Ravens game, it was one of their better runs that they ran in that game. And they, you know, they, uh, they've been kind of hit and missed a lot last year. Obviously, I don't think it was as uh, fruitful of, of, of a play. And obviously, you're not going to run toss, you know, 12, 15 times a game unless you're really, really stroking it hard, you know, and, and, and having a lot of success uh, uh, with it. But, uh, I, I did have a feeling though if they could if if they could if they could run to that left side either left tackle or left end you know around left end uh, that they should have some success because going into that game the Rams haven't been strong on 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 that side of things over there so I wasn't surprised really overall to see them have success and it felt like a couple of times they were ready to pop one and they finally did pop one on 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 the touchdown run. Yeah, it was a really well-blocked and, and a well-called play there. I thought Matt Canada in this game had some solid play calls, and of course the execution matched it. Uh, Quality Cola says, really appreciate these live streams, and uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, be sure to get your questions in before Dave and I wrap things up in about 15 minutes. Mike Adesso says, Alex, you like to say how it's bad for the team when Minka is the leading tackler of the game, which I agree when he's playing deep, but he's not this year. Seems like the goal is to have him near the box. It, it is certainly a goal, um, A, because you know the run defense has struggled without Cam Hayward, without a more defined, strong safety the way that there was Edmonds and Minka last year. So, yes, that's one reason why his tackles are up, but when you have to put him in the box because you need to sure up your run defense, it takes away what he does best, which is more playmaking in the back end. Um, and then even in the Rams game, there were times where he was not in the box, but having to fly down and fill the alley and make the tackle um, when he's, you know, 10 yards deep. So there's an, another element to that too. Your, your, your starting safety should not have 147 tackles. I don't care how much he plays in the box. Like that just, or, you know, on pace to have that many tackles. That is not a number you want your safety to, uh, to finish with. Right. Now, look, he's, he's handling, he's, he's doing what, what he's being asked to do and he's doing it well, mm -hmm. but man, I just worry about, you know, you don't, you don't want your, especially with his build. It's not like he's, you know, yeah, it's uh, not Ronnie uh, Lott we're talking about right, here, you know, right. And I and I and I, I'm not uh, disparaging sure. him there. He's just a different build kind of player. I mean, do you really want that guy uh, uh, having to having to hit running backs like that in the hole so much? You know, throw your shoulder into one of those guys one of those times. And I mean, yeah, Mika's a great tackler. I've always said it's an underrated part of his game. The playmaking gets talked about. His tackling, his run defense is really valuable. And Pittsburgh is so lucky to have it. But again, there's a point where you sit there and say it's great to have, but you know something's got to give. We can't be on this pace. It's 2021. Had a bunch of tackles, needed him near the line of scrimmage, but you know the run defense was so porous and it didn't allow Minka to, to always be Minka. And look, are we saying time to the post for 60, 60 plays a game? No. no. I mean, you got to have some flexibility in there, but how about we get a little bit more flexibility to the other side? <laughs> let let them make a couple more plays uh, uh, in, in, in the back end and, and, and play a little bit more robber and, and, and come down and steal one or two that way. Yeah, it just feels like he's in the box because he has to, not because Pittsburgh wants it to be that way for whatever schematic reason in that moment, and, and that's the concern. But it's it's a it's a fair question overall. And you're right, him being in the box more does certainly increase the number of tackles that he has. All right, next question will come from 
John Pennington, uh, hello, Dave and Alex. Are you guys concerned that Calvin Austin and Washington aren't being involved in the offense? And what about the holes in the secondary? I'm not that concerned about Austin and Washington not being involved. They're not critical components who are going to be consistently putting up numbers and they're not the focal points of what this offense runs through. So, of course, you want to see those guys produce and make some plays, but their absence is not the most concerning part of this team right now. And in the secondary, it is a big concern. You know, you have the corners that can match up, especially if you go in the playoffs, you face one of these high potent offenses, you know, a Buffalo, a Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati, something like that. Uh, Baltimore's got some guys now at receiver. Can you can you hang with them? So that is a big concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, JMS 63 says the Jags will be a difficult opponent as they balance the run and the pass. I think Steelers have played a lot of one-dimensional teams this year. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. Um and the teams that were more balanced, the Texans, the 49ers, certainly ran up the scoreboard on, on Pittsburgh. Uh, faceless. Boy, boy uh, the, the Ravens sure look I, I thought that game was going to hold my, my interest for a little bit yesterday against <laughs> the Lions. But, uh, boy, they boat raced them right out of the chute uh, yesterday. Uh, Lamar, when he doesn't play the Steelers, boy, he, and, he had, <laughs> and, and his receivers decide to catch, which they did. Uh, against the Lions in that game, that that, that offense really looked powerful. Uh, it looked like a totally different offense. Now, obviously, they were catching the football. Mark, I was telling my wife last night, is Mark Andrews going to be a Hall of Famer? It sure feels like it. It might be just tough in like the Gronk-Kelsey era. Do you get overshadowed by those names? I mean, I love Mark Andrews. I don't think he's, he's that Hall of Very Good. I don't think he's... I mean, when you think, when you think Mark Andrews, does your first thought think Hall of Famer? I don't know. You watch him in some of these games. He does uh, and that one and one yesterday. Yesterday, he sure seemed like he could potentially. Now, look, yeah, he's going to have to obviously have longevity and all like that. He can't just sure. quit right right now and all like that. But uh, uh, man, he's he's tough to defend. He is. I don't think he's. I don't get that immediate yes with Andrews the way that I do Gronk and Kelsey and those kind of guys. So it'll be close. We'll see. But I'm probably not there on Mark Andrews. All right, let's see where I was at here. Uh, faceless man asking about uh, Washington lack of targets, red zone. Again, the, the lack of opportunities in the red zone, uh, the effectiveness, effectiveness with the run game in the red zone yesterday. So we'll see. Hopefully more red zone trips will allow a couple of targets. But, you know, he was a blocker first. That's what he was in college, what he was drafted to be. So that is going to be his primary focus right now. Uh, Matt Boatwright says, the best Steelers podcast in the world. Keep them coming. Two hours with a bunch of pluses, so he enjoys the <laughs> long versions. Have not had a two-hour. We had a one a couple weeks ago. We had a near yeah. two-hour podcast, I think. So maybe we'll do one of those again. Uh, Zach B. Hage, Pat Pete Wallace, and to some degree, Neil, have not been good. They have to look to replace some of these guys during the season, don't they? Question is, how do you replace them? There's no street for agent that's going to come in and save the day in terms of trade market. People can talk about Patrick Sertan all they want. They'll probably continue to do so, but I don't see why Denver would want to trade Patrick Sertan. That's a young right. building block and a cheap contract on his rookie deal. So, I mean, you know, I guess you can't rule it out, but I don't know. I don't know how you go out there and make the secondary better. I don't either at this point. I mean, I, and I haven't spent a lot of time looking at who might be for sale. You know, I think people have talked about that uh, Johnson uh, with the Bears, right? But uh, oh, the weren't corner. they just yeah. uh, talking about maybe trying to get some some sort of contract done with him, the Bears? Uh, I thought there was just a report recently on on that. So, uh, look, it's it's not not unthinkable. Total, you know, totally out of question. That, that they would do something before this upcoming trade deadline. But 
I got to admit, from where I sit right now, I'll be a bit surprised if they do anything. Same here. Uh, George Suber has the grade on JPJ and Dan Moore been made available. If you're talking PFF, it's out there. Both graded out. I don't I actually don't know how Porter graded, but Moore graded uh, well his best performance of the year. I don't know how Porter was. Probably run defense bad. Coverage grades probably pretty good. He got dinged on 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 the tackling is where he got dinged. Yeah. He, his his overall grade was sixty seven point seven. Uh, now he was only targeted three times in coverage. Uh, uh, overall, did not give up any catches. Had to had a, had a pass breakup uh, in the game. Uh, but they they gigged him for two missed tackles in that game, and you know they separate their scores by you know, and I don't know exactly how they're rated even to this day. And, but his coverage grade was good 70.6. But I think he kind of got dinged on the run defense and, 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 and the tack tackling and that kept him out of the top five on, on, on defense for the Steelers. That makes sense. Off first instinct says serious question. Instead of trading for a corner, what about a strong safety so that Minka can go back to his normal role Would still love uh, Patrick Sertan or Jalen Johnson but just something to think about. Again, the question is, what strong safeties out there? I, th- I think they like Casey and Neal, just mm-hmm. rotating these guys. And because Neal is really your base guy only, whenever it's Casey and Minka and Nickel, they don't think Casey's big enough and not as good against the run, sure tackler as Minka is, and so he plays in the box because of that. So I think they're just going to stick with what they have right now, Dave. I, I, you know, not only will I be shocked if they if they do anything ahead of the tra- trade deadline, I'd be absolutely shocked if they did something at the safety position. Yeah, I mean, I think corner. I think they would like to get a corner, but you can. I could like to get a Lambo. I don't get a Lambo. You know, you got to go find it and be able to to acquire it. And so, you know, are those corners available? And are you willing to give up probably whatever high price that would that would require? That's always the tricky part. I mean, obviously, would you would uh, nobody, uh, everybody in their right mind would, would would like to have have certain, you know, sure. but uh, uh, a what 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 what's it going uh, to cost to to get? A, there's no way Denver comes off of him without a first involved. I, I I would think with two years, he's got what two years left on his on his rookie deal. If you're going to sell off a piece like that, a young talented piece like that, you're going to you. You're not going to get bamboozled mm-hmm. the way, you know, <laughs> uh, you're not going to let Khan uh, bamboozle you on that. Uh, could he get moved? I suppose it's possible. I just, why? I mean, you, your whole, your whole thing is to try to draft good and build through the draft, regardless of, of, of the team that you are. And you, you still got two years. You could still build around him right. uh, in these next couple of years. So unless you got blown out of the water, uh, with, with some sort of package deal with a ton of picks. And even then, you know, you, you, uh, you, you, the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't know, I'd rather stay with the devil that I do know. I, I'm sure there's some package you could give Denver to, to take uh, Sertan, but it's going to be a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I don't think it's realistic right now. I think they might sell some pieces, maybe Sutton, maybe Judy. I think they're going to hold on to Sertan unless he absolutely says, you know, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple minutes left here. We'll try to get through these as uh, many as, as possible to wrap up today's show. Uh, Knight Rider 16, this defense isn't that elite. We live off of splash plays and turnovers. I think you're right. This defense is not stout. They're not elite, but they do make splash. And so if you're not going to be an elite defense, you better make some splash, and at least mm-hmm. they're doing that. But, yeah, I mean, they are a hit-and-miss, hot-and-cold type of defense. Got a $5 super chat from Monkey Business. Uh, how were the Steelers able to contain Cup so well? 
I know they gave up a ton of yards to Puka, but limiting Cup was impressive. I'm still kind of working through the tape there. You've probably seen more defensive tape than me, Dave. What are your thoughts on limiting Cup to two catches? Well, he helped limit himself early with a couple <laughs> of drops uh, within there. And uh, the other aspect is he probably lost targets because Puka was running open sure. <laughs> uh, 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 so much. Uh, uh, they, they they did tend to make sure to, to kind of bracket him uh, a cup, I, I think, um, uh, he had their attention more than anything. They went into that game, I th- I think, and I think some members of the secondary or uh, uh, even have said as much that you know they weren't going to let Cooper Cup kill him, and uh, Puka almost did. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the extended play to Atwell, those those things are going to kind of happen. But I mean, it, uh, and you can't you can't cherry pick and just remove the stats. But if you were were to do that, what did we talk about on the podcast this morning that they held them held the other eligibles to something like what did we say eight eight catches for what was it seventy yards seventy or yards or something like that. So and then uh, Cup didn't have uh, he had, both of his receptions I think came in the first half. Uh, and you know, he gigged you for one of them on, on, on that deep out over there along the sideline. Nice catch on his part there, but I don't think he had a catch in the, uh, in the second half. One other element is the Rams had uh, five other plays than, in the, other than a two point conversion. Right. Yeah. Uh, but one other element, the Rams had five plays in the fourth quarter. So you want to limit guys like cup. I mean, the, the rate uh, Rams still won uh, time of possession, I believe, and, and had more plays overall, but five plays in the fourth quarter when the Rams had the pass, that's a good way to make sure cups not impacting the game late. All right, a couple more questions. We'll roll on through. Uh, John, are you guys worried about the holes in the secondary or the miscommunication? The holes, yes. The miscommunication. Communication is not an issue of why this team is struggling in the back end. It's not. That's not the issue. Uh, they're just not. They're not fast enough. Not talented enough, and not uh, making plays in coverage. Right. Just worried about the coverage in general. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jason Bodine says, hello, Dalex. Other than telling KP that each quarter is the fourth, what feasibly can be done to get this offense going sooner. It's a million dollar question. If we knew, if Pittsburgh knew they would do it, other than just trying to get rhythm passes early, avoid the negativity, which was still an issue early in this game. There's no magical wand. There's no solution that's right around the corner. It's just execution um, and trying convert to get into the, a rhythm. How about convert them third downs? Yeah. That'd be a starting point. Staining drives. Yeah, I mean, they, they backed themselves up too much in this game. So it's nothing out of this world. Nothing that's going to make you... You know, sit down and go, I hadn't thought of that, but it still has to get better. And it is frustrating because it's the same conversation we have every single week. All right. Mike Adesso, I'd like to see Rodney Williams play more. Kind of disappointed in Big Darnell as a receiver. What are your overall thoughts on Washington after six games? Really what I expected, inconsistent. I thought he would be involved a bit more in the past game, but I thought as a run blocker, he'd get some decent reps and some some poor reps as he works on his technique, his leverage. So honestly, it's not been that good, but it's kind of what I thought it might be. I, I'm not so concerned that he's not. I mean, I, I really didn't expect him to have a huge, you know, even if, uh, uh, especially with Firemuth healthy, I wasn't expecting, you know, a huge uh, target uh, aspect for him. Probably, maybe a little bit more than he's had, uh, especially with, with, with Firemuth at, at, at this point. Uh, I've, you know, I've been a little underwhelmed with the blocking aspect of it. I, I thought you, I thought he was going to be a much better blocker or more, uh, let me say a more consistent mm-hmm. blocker. Uh, Cause he has had his moments. I think he had a couple of good blocks in that game uh, yesterday uh, there, but I, I, I think I was expecting him to be a lot more consistent uh, as, as a blocker. Uh, I think the fact that he didn't have a huge uh, reception resume 
coming out of college, that along with whatever they claimed that knee issue was with him is the reason that he fell like he fell. Because what, what did he have in total catches coming out of Georgia? Like, was it 38 or 42? Do you remember? Somewhere around there. Not a lot, obviously, playing in that run-heavy system with uh, Brock Bowers. Right. And plus, as we mentioned, you know, he had a lot of those kind of those flare. That's where they need to utilize him, I think. And and I would I won't be surprised maybe if that happens in these next uh, three games that 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 fire move, uh, you know, uh, have him have him kind of, you know, check and release, you know, block, block, act like, you know, block and then release and then kind of flare out. See if you can get the ball out in his hands to him out in space uh, that way. And as Alex said, you'll probably see a time or two him try to go vertical. Uh, if you get a mismatch or something, maybe take advantage of that. I think in the red zone, he's obviously uh, got potential there if you choose to 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 get something uh, to him. But it, he's not going to be a guy that's going to run a, a run away from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, I think there, he was pretty raw coming out, and as a down blocker with angles, with his size and length and strength, he can be really effective with more head-up base blocking because he's taller and trying to work on his technique. There's there's going to be some work to do with Washington's blocking. Josh Miller, $5 Super Chat, says, might have been asked last time, but do you think the front office regrets not spending the cash to keep Sutton and Edmonds? The cap cost had to have been worth it. They better regret it. I mean, I would I would take Cam Sutton and Terrell Evans back in Pittsburgh right. in a heartbeat right now. I criticized this team, thought Omar Khan's biggest mistake of overall what looked like a good offseason was to let Cam Sutton walk and replace him with Patrick Peterson. I think they're regretting that right now. And Edmonds, you know, he's never an all-star, but I think just created some more clarity in the division of labor at strong safety. And him and Minka, I think, really played off each other well. That Edmonds contract was so cheap. If they really wanted Edmonds back, they could have done that. I mean, they, they, they could have done Sutton too, you know, but, uh, uh, if you want to talk about they're they, they just, I, I think they were just ready to move on from Edmonds unless he, unless he was going to take a, uh, veteran benefit contract. I think that's how, how what, what they, they put values on the, on these guys and they don't like to budge off of them. Right. And it feels like if, if it was $1 over the retail <laughs> price, they, they going to stand pat, you know? So, uh, I don't, I don't, to this point, do you feel like they're missing Edmonds? I mean, obviously he, you know, he was who he was. He's not, you know, if Edmonds was a stealer now, was not going to transform this defense. I just think it's not about Edmonds himself, but he was so available, so available, so durable, and it just kind of created a, a clean division of labor and roles between him and Minka, and he did his job well as a box safety, and and you accepted that. I think with Neil and Casey, it's been a little bit more messy. So, I mean, I think they they miss Sutton more than Edmonds, obviously, but I think Edmonds just kind of just kind of made things easier in terms of game planning and figuring out what you want your defense to look like. And the th- what did we say about uh, the guaranteed money in the uh, in the Sutton contract? That was probably one. That might have been one of the deterrents, yeah. right? Well, you said the second year he got in, in Detroit, which Pittsburgh doesn't give unless you're T.J. Right. Water or Minka. So that's probably the and, and plus, I mean, he got I think more than what Pittsburgh was even offering on an average yearly value basis. Right. Uh, let's see what the uh, guaranteed. Yeah. See, Sutton has. Uh, Nine million of his ten point five million base salary in two thousand twenty four guaranteed. So they would have had to gone off of uh, off course. Uh, that then you open it up Pandora's, and they they obviously don't like to do do that with second year money for non quarterbacks unless you're top of the top of the food chain. 
you know. Right. So that was could they have gotten there probably on the average yearly value? Yes. But uh, the, the guaranteed money probably would have still been the sticking point there. Sure. All right. Last question we'll get to is a final super chat from our friend Dead Planet. $2 super chat says early feeling on Jags game. I feel oddly confident. I don't have a great feeling off the top. I need to watch them some more. I probably wouldn't say I'm confident at this moment watching the Jaguars offense, but I've yet to really make a hard and fast prediction or feeling. Yeah, I pulled the tape. I and I, I got to watch a little bit of the game the other night, uh, uh, obviously there. Uh, I predict a close game. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, typically close games go the Steelers' way, though, so maybe that's right. a, a little hint on that one. I mean, I think the the weapons they have in the past game with Lawrence, it's it's a little Rams-like, but probably with a better run game um, and, and that ETN, he can bust them up. Oh, on. yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're a big play type of unit, and Pittsburgh's been prone to allowing some of the, uh, those big plays, so that's the, the chief concern there, but we'll, we'll kind of go through the tape more and talk about it on Friday. All right, Dave, we're going to wrap things up here. Appreciate everybody that joined the live stream. Good turnout tonight. A lot of super chats, a lot of great questions. So we thank you guys for that. And Dave Bryan, as always, thank you for being here and hang out, hang out with us. And Alex Kazora, thank you for putting these on and conducting them and filling the questions. You do a great job of that. Thank you, everybody who showed up. And peace and love. And we'll talk to you next time. All right, there'll be an archive version of this on Steelers Depot in just a little bit. So if you want to see a recap of this or if you missed part of the uh, live stream, you guys can go back and watch.